I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 128. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, I am sitting in Grand Marais, Minnesota, and you can all be eating your hearts out. And I'm with my beloved friend, Jen. Jen and her sweet husband, Kevin Sutton, have uh, founded a ministry called Cold Water that we've talked about a lot on these podcasts. And I thought it would be fun to interview Jen without all the man stuff going on. We got rid of Kevin, and we're just sitting here alone having ginger tea in the sun because I want to talk to Jen about her story with the wilderness and how it shaped her life. So welcome, Miss Jen. Thank you, Carol. <laughs> so nice to be here. Thank you. So you and Kevin have how many children? Four. And uh, and they're all, they're grown, so ages? Mm-hmm. Ages 26 through 20. 26, mm-hmm. 24, 22, and 20. Yes. And they're lovely, lovely kids. And one of them, I think, was on staff last summer when... Mm-hmm. I was here with Isley. Yep, Abigail. Yes, Abigail. So um, how, how you, you and I have been talking a lot this weekend, and I'm so interested to hear your story of how, what were your first exposures to nature, the wilderness? How has that shaped you, and, and how has that changed as you've matured? Now you're a very, you know, a mother of grown children, which changes things again. Mm-hmm. But what's your, what's your story been? Okay, so do you want me to start in childhood or do you want me to start However wherever? you want. Well, childhood, we grew up in the country. Okay. My three, my two sisters and I. In Iowa? In Iowa. Mm-hmm. And we spent all of our time outdoors. Ah. We would just play outside all the time. So oh. really, we were very, you know, country bumpkins. Yeah. And loved it so much. Yes. Um. Went to college in Iowa as well, and then while I was in college, um, I went on a wilderness trip in the Boundary Waters. No. With Dave Nonemacher. Oh. Yeah. So do you know Dave? No. Yes. Was he um, at Honey Rock? No. He no. was at Northwestern College. Oh. So he oh. introduced Kevin to the wilderness oh. as well. Oh. So. When you were both in college. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Kevin got really excited about wilderness then with Dave and... Um, so I went on a wilderness trip with Dave Nottemacher and had the best experience. Oh. It was so good. There were, and speaking of women in the wilderness, my twin sister was with me on that trip and a couple of our best friends that yeah. were women. Yes. And we had such a great exposure to the wilderness there. Mm-hmm. That was just beautiful. We sang a lot in the canoes. And I love it. It was so much fun. Oh. So much fun. So, and we learned a lot, you know, you just learn a lot by traveling through the wilderness. You bet. Yes. And then, um, after Kevin and I graduated from college, we went to Wheaton. Yes. Like, for grad school. Wheaton's, um, he did grad school there later, but we went to their out, out post camp called Honey Rock. Right. So we learned from Ken Kalish there, who is our hero. And his wife, Fran, is my personal hero. Yes. Um, She homeschooled her six kids, and I learned so much from her there. Just being, you know. Under her tutelage. Yes, and she didn't try to teach me anything. She just did what she did, and I just learned by watching her. 
one really interesting thing. This doesn't have to do with wilderness so much, yeah. but one interesting thing that she would always say to me, I would ask her for advice, and she would just say, Jen, you know what to do. You're smart. You know what to do. You'll figure it Ooh. out. And she was just the ultimate you know, discipler, discipler, high road leader, yes. you know, teacher. And Ken wrote the manual for mm-hmm. Outward Bound. Yep. So mm-hmm. how to, you know, the role of the instructor in the Outward Bound process, yeah. which we use for our instructors now. Yes. So um, a couple interesting stories that, that got me going into the wilderness was, first of all, I didn't, wasn't sure if I really wanted to do it, if I wanted to be a wilderness instructor mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. And... I had a meeting with Ken. So Kevin was the one that was so interested in it and <laughs> loved it. Yeah. And I'm here I am, married to him, just mm-hmm. following along. Yeah. And I had my meeting with Ken and I, you know, and it was supposed to be a meeting to figure out if you are going to become a wilderness instructor. Yeah. And I thought for sure he's gonna kick me out. And this know? was up at Honey Rock. Up at Honey Rock. Okay. I'm like, I'm not wildernessy enough. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Yeah. But he was like, You're the You're one. in. You're the You're one. in. And I'm like, okay. Because you're a leader. Oh. Yeah. And you bring peace in chaos, which mm-hmm. is very important in a wilderness situation because there's mm-hmm. always going to be something that goes wrong. Right. And you just bring oil to the waters. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. So one one interesting t- thing was we had to pass an orienteering course. Okay. And I was so Explain afraid of that. Explain what orienteering is. Orienteering is you have a map. And you have a compass. But the map is not like that you buy at a gas station. Right. Explain that. It just has contour lines. Mm -hmm. And so it will show the lay of the land. It shows like where a hill is. And you can tell where a hill is by a little round circle. (laughs) And then like concentric circles around it showing like elevation that it's coming. It's a hill Mm -hmm. that's coming up. Or um, you can tell flat areas by there's not you're not crossing a lot of contour lines. Mm. So, and it will show roads and water and water, and it will show sometimes a little black dot if there's a house or a building or something. Okay, depending on when the map was made. Okay. So I had never done this before. I mean, a little bit on my Boundary Waters trip, but sometimes in the Boundary Waters, um, it's called navigating. <laughs> You're not really navigating. You're just like, what does this lake look like? Is the portage down there or should we just go a little further Uh and see? Uh And a lot of times you just find out as you canoe along. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, this was through the woods in Wisconsin. Okay. And I was, you know, very afraid. Near the upper P, right? Kind of, yeah, upper, upper Wisconsin. Yeah. So this orienteering course, we were given our map and compass and... The time limit was two hours. Okay. You had to be done within two hours. And I'm like, two hours? I'm going to be out in the woods for two hours. <laughs> so um, I was like, okay, off I go. The first time I tried it, I got completely lost. I, I couldn't find. And we, we had to find certain flags and write down there would be a name of an animal or something like a bear or a yeah. whatever. Right. A moose. And so we had to find the flag and write down to prove that we had gotten to that flag yes and then take a bearing from that flag to the next one Mm -hmm. and just do a big circle in the woods okay so I got lost and it started raining (laughs) of course of course (laughs) and the thing that was so empowering about that time was I made it back to camp yeah alive and well right and because I was able to say okay I know I'm in this area and if I 
take a north bearing and just get to the road. Yes. Then I know I can walk back into camp. Okay. And I failed the course, but I can try again. But I got back and I came back without having search and rescue sent out for me. (laughs) Which was a really good thing. Yeah, which was so good. (laughs) But even just that experience was so empowering to me, even though, and and because my whole life I was such a performance-driven person. Yes. And to say, okay, I failed. And that was still a learning experience. And I still learned so much, and Mm -hmm. I felt such pride Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. fact that I made it back to camp. Yes, and then the next time I tried again, I think I failed again. Yeah. And then the third time I tried, I decided, you know what? I'm going to just enjoy this experience. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be out in the woods. I'm going to see what I can see. Wow. Took my map and compass. Yeah. And I, at one point in the journey, I picked a bearing tree. So yeah. you, you kind of pick a tree yeah. that you want to go toward. Okay. And then it's on your bearing, yes. and you get to that tree, and then you take your next bearing. Yes. So I picked a bearing tree. I get up to it, and there's a little porcupine <laughs> climbing up the tree. <laughs> so I just sat and watched it, mm. and he was so cute. Mm. And I just thought, you know, thank you, Lord, for showing me this beautiful little Creature porcupine. Yes. yes. And, and then once he was up high enough, I just moved on. took my next bearing and moved on, and that's the one that I passed. See? Because you were just resting yes. in the Lord. I just decided I'm going to stop striving. I'm going to just enjoy this beautiful mm. nature. And I passed. And then I, then it just got so exciting that I told Ken, I'm like, can I pick up the flags after the next one? <laughs> like, I want to keep doing this. <laughs> so he would put the flags out. And then I would go and just, I was so confident then and, I, and so excited about it. I would go and pick up the flags. And then... So that there became your greatest strength. became like such a strength. And then Fran would do it with me. Like Fran and I would take off and we would go in the woods and orienteer together and find Ken's all the flags. Wife. Mm-hmm. Ken's wife. Aww. So we had so many great times out there just orienteering. And, and then you just feel like you have this sense of strength that you can get out of a situation yes. if you need to. That if yes. you're lost, you can find your way. It's empowering, isn't it's it? It's very empowering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so these are the things that children learn when they go on wilderness trips. Mm-hmm. For sure. And it just gives them a sense of, I can do this. I'm not a city slicker. Mm-hmm. I can survive yep. without my phone and my GPS. Right. Exactly. Wow. Yep. So then what happened? So Kevin was all gung-ho, but you yep. now you fell in love with orienteering. That was mm-hmm. a good thing. Yep. <laughs> and canoeing. Oh, I tell love me about that. Canoeing. I do too. It's my well, favorite thing. It's just so peaceful Isn't and it? beautiful. I love it. And Kevin is such a good canoeist. Yes. Is that how you say it? I don't know. A person who canoes. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So he and I, um, at also at our training, which we do with our our um, students as well, who are going to be our leaders at Coldwater. Yes. They have to go through a canoeing course. Oh, yeah, and, and like, certification. Yep, and mm-hmm. get make sure that they know how to... Um, right the canoe if put it flips. The canoe, yep. Yeah. And we teach all of our little kids that come, too. They love that, yes. learning how to flip, flip the, the canoes. Canoe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, there was a little course that we had to do. And so Ken suggested that Kevin and I not be partners because he said sometimes married couples will just <laughs> fight. fight too much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And we were like, no, we can do it. We can do it. We, we're going to be fine. And he, he didn't quite believe us, but um, we, we did it. 
and we we were just like the stars of the canoeing. No, you were not. The canoeing course, it was super fun. <laughs> we just, uh, maybe we just got lucky that day, but we, we just. You were blessed. We just <laughs> you were crushed that thing. So, so yeah, that was so fun. Yes. And just a fun way to do something with Kevin that together. we could yes. do together and we weren't fighting about it, know. you know, and it was just. You found your sweet spot. Yeah, as it a was a very sweet spot. Yeah. So then Kevin got certified, not to talk about him too much, but then the Lord really kind of put this stamp on your lives, mm-hmm. right? That this isn't just something you're going to do once. Right. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. So we had kind of went through a little journey with our lives um, that took us to a point where we were in Iowa. Yes. Um, and Kevin was just doing tile work. Yeah. And I was raising, you know, we were both kids. raising the kids and I was home with the kids right. and I was homeschooling. That's when I actually talked to you and yeah. Yeah. got to know you a little more. Because um, you had such yes. a huge impact on my son, you and mm-hmm. Kevin, of course, yeah. both. And yeah, so we had a couple phone calls. Yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah. So Kevin just started really dreaming about how he could keep doing what he wanted to do. Yes. And so I helped him and we just started Coldwater Foundation mm-hmm. and we would start out by just coming up and leading a few trips here and there and then come back to Iowa. So yeah. Coldwater Foundation is a nonprofit. Explain. Mm-hmm. Nonprofit and it's the full name is Coldwater Foundation for Leadership and Community Development. Oh, I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a long name. Catch, catchy yes, t- title. Yes. Uh-huh. But yeah, so Kevin's passion is to train leaders mm. yeah. and, um, that's what you he know. I never really, really put that together in my brain, because that's what JJ's doctorate is in in is in leadership development. Yeah, no wonder mm-hmm. these guys are such besties. Yes, because uh-huh. they both have that same vision. Mm-hmm. Never thought about yep. it. <gasps> yep. And my mom, when she was alive, she's passed away now, but she used to always say that Kevin was like the kite and I was the string. So I'm a really practical person. Yes. Super practical. Yes. I'm like, get it done. <laughs> Do what yes. you need to do. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know. Let's be practical be here. Be practical here. Uh-huh. We, you know. And so Kevin he would, is like yeah. dreaming with a vi- He's yes. a visionary. Uh-huh. Love yeah. it. And yeah. the two so, of you. So us working together, we were able to kind of get this started and get it done. And um, wow. Yeah. And we. Uh, we so you have, started yeah. cold water. And then when you said you'd come up, you'd come up to Grand Marais? Mm-hmm. We would come up to Grand Marais. Oh, because of the Boundary the Waters. The Boundary Waters. We would have a place to... And explain what the Boundary Waters are. It is a huge area yeah. that is on the boundary of Canada. Minnesota and Canada. Okay. Um, so many lakes. I know. Minnesota is called the land of 10,000 lakes. Right. So most of those are probably in the Boundary Waters. Right. Or a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I mean, just... when you look yeah. at a map, it looks like... Um, like a fishnet, like the land is just kind of, and then it's water, 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 mm-hmm. water, water. Yep. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just beautiful. So yeah, we moved, we ended up moving up here because we had to keep coming up here so much. anyway yeah. for trips. Yeah. So we moved here when our kids were ninth grade down to third grade. Okay. So it was a little rough move for them. I bet. You know, and and at that point, that's where I wasn't leading as many trips. Mm-hmm. I, I led a few trips in there. Small children. Mm-hmm. So my role was kind of to hold down the fort. Definitely. Yeah. And to pack the food yep. and to do all the mm-hmm. things that aren't 
very glamorous, but without right. them, wilderness trips are a disaster. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then, someone donated the camp. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Yes, we were using the camp. Um, we would just rent it when we could from the people who owned it. Okay. And and that was on Mink Lake. Yep, on Mink Lake. Mm-hmm. Just north of Grand Marais mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so we would just use the camp and and rent it from them and then run our trips out of there. Mm-hmm. But then at some point they, they just couldn't keep it or they just didn't, mm-hmm. it was too much upkeep for them. And, yeah. and Kevin had had kind of worked his way into their just, heart. yeah, their hearts. I mean, he just <laughs> loved it there and always was willing to help them if they were far away and were like, could you go check on the camp? Could mm-hmm. you help with this group? They need to get their garbage you yes, know, out. And he exactly. Would, he would take it. Yes. And always willing to go up there. And so they, he was the first person they thought of when they wanted to sell the camp. Mm. Well, then we were like, we can't afford a camp. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then we had a, an anonymous... Let me get anonymous, my piggy bank. Yeah, I'll be right back. Let me get back. my piggy bank. <laughs> would you take four quarters? <laughs> so... <laughs> That just really hit me funny. <laughs> Go ahead. So um, they wouldn't take four quarters, no. it turns out. No. But Five we quarters. had an amazing anonymous donor oh. who stepped up and bought us the camp. Oh, thank you, Lord. Yeah. It was so, and it is so beautiful. amazing and beautiful. And, and you've just yeah. built and so, created yeah. beauty there. And every summer, so this summer there's a new kitchen. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, and believe me, this isn't like a decorator kitchen. We're talking an indoor kitchen, which is mm-hmm. a big deal. Yeah. Because there was a little kitchen and kind yeah. of lean-to out back. Yeah. That was about it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. The kitchen was in, in disrepair. Definitely. So I just really would love to put out a little shout-out to everybody who donated uh-huh. for the kitchen. Yes. We have so many wonderful people who have just said we want to give we want to help you guys do this thing and we have raised over we close to seventy thousand dollars to for building the kitchen and probably more still to come you know people uh quite often want to donate to cold water i mean everyone who serves there raises their own support Mm -hmm. is that correct yep see i didn't even know all this until recently including you and Kevin. Mm-hmm. So um, if people want to donate monthly or a year-end gift or right. twice a year, mm-hmm. who, where do they send it? They, You can just write a check to Coldwater Foundation mm-hmm. and send it to our address, which is P.O. Box 501, Grand Marais, Minnesota, 55604. 55604. But the or main thing you could do website. is go on the website, yeah. coldwaterfoundation.org, okay. and all of that information will be on there. Okay, so, coldwaterfoundation.org, O-R-G. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, and you can just <clears throat> look around on there, mm-hmm. find what you want to find, and there's a donate so button. this is a ministry of faith. And also, when people uh, register their children, which I beg everyone I know to do, and um, I get wonderful thank you notes about it, and the mm-hmm. impact this has had on their children. Um, I'm always intrigued at how low your prices are compared to something like Outward Bound, which is mm-hmm. approximately three times as expensive. Mm-hmm. Tell me why you keep your prices so low. Well, <clears throat> we just, we really want, if a 
any child or teenager or anyone to come and do a trip. We want anyone to be able to come and do that, even if they can't afford our price. Mm -hmm. So we have, um, we are always willing to offer scholarships Mm -hmm. to just, you know, allow people to come if they want to come. So we have actually a lot of people who donate money for scholarships for kids. Perfect. Perfect and gift. that is just so wonderful. We've, oh, I wish I had the number, but we've already given out this year a, a, close to maybe $10,000 worth of scholarships. And, That's amazing. you know, and, and then even people who can afford our prices, yes. they're still like three times or four times lower than a lot of the competing programs out there. Exactly. And also we are Christian based. So right. we have leaders who are, really seeking after God and who are hoping to impart something from their life that they're learning with God to their students. Totally. So totally. I feel like, you know, it's definitely worth the money. Oh. I mean, oh. it's not even about money no. to us. No. It's just not about money. I know that. Believe me. Anyone and, who knows you for 10 yeah. minutes would know that. Right. Jen, what about women in the wilderness? You know, people always think of their boys going on right. survival wilderness type things. Why should a girl, what would be the benefit for a girl? How has it benefited you and how would it benefit others? Yeah, I think the ways <clears throat> it has benefited me is just, number one, you know, just confidence. Yes. Also, like, I think the wilderness gives you a chance to get away from mm-hmm. Like sometimes the stress of the world, it's a different kind of stress that isn't as life-giving. Sometimes the stress of the wilderness is strength building. Yes. And, and I know some people find it very hard and it's very difficult. You have the mosquitoes, you have Mm -hmm. carrying a canoe and it's not always easy. And, Mm -hmm. and the, the rain, the weather, Mm -hmm. all these things that can go wrong, but if you can do it and make it through, Mm -hmm. you know that there's so much more you can do in sure. life. It's empowering. It's so to empowering. Go yes. So I think any other area. Yeah, I think for any girl, like I think it just gives them a sense of confidence, like to know that they can do this. They can start a fire. Mm-hmm. They know how to start even a wet wood fire. Mm-hmm. You know, they can <laughs> carry a canoe. They know how to paddle. They know how to, um, yeah, I, so survive. many things. How to survive and and also. Just to really, uh, the other thing that I think that um, the wilderness has in the past and, you know, has done for me, I will just tell one story really yeah. quick. go for it. Um, Kevin and I led, a, <clears throat> excuse me, a wilderness trip a long time ago, and it was on the Blood Vein River. Mm-hmm. It was a four-week wilderness trip. Mm-hmm. We had some students. We had, I think, three boys and a girl. <clears throat> I can't remember the exact number, but... There was another girl and I were the only women on the trip. Whoa. Um, but the thing that really hit me on that trip was letting go. Mm-hmm. And I think that is such an important lesson that women have to learn in life is letting go. Oh, my. And I mean, that's what I'm learning right now in my life. How do I let go of um, my kids and they're all adults now? And how do I become the you know, the person that I need to be for them, but not controlling every little thing that they do. Um, But the thing that that hit me was at the beginning of the trip, I was always worried about 
What's the weather going to be today? Mm-hmm. Is it going to rain? Where are we going to sleep tonight? Where will, how far will we make it today? Yeah. I wonder if we will have any trouble with this section of the river, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, just all these worries mm-hmm. that were constantly plaguing me because that's kind of sometimes how we go through life, like yeah. worrying, well, what, what am I going to do next? Mm-hmm. What do I, how am I going to deal with this problem in my life? Mm-hmm. So as we went through that trip toward the end, I realized that I had stopped worrying. I, it hit me and I was like, I don't even, I haven't even thought for two days about if it will rain or not. And I remember one of my favorite moments on that trip. We, Kevin and I, and the girl that we was on our trip named Stephanie. She's an amazing person. If you ever are listening to this, Stephanie, I love you. Um, but she and Kevin and I decided we were going to just stay up a little later. The other boys went to, to so. their t- tent because it was starting to rain a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we boiled some extra water, and we had found in this rock, a huge rock, we found a basin. It was big enough for like three or four people to put their feet in. No. And so we got some boiled water, and we yeah. put some water from the river, Aww. and we soaked our feet and just Aww. talked Aww. for like an hour. Yes. And it was just drizzling. Yes. And we were like, we didn't care if we were a little bit wet. Right. We were just enjoying the moment. And yeah. I was like, I never would have maybe even done this at the beginning of the trip. Yes. But now I don't I haven't thought for days about what, you know, the weather might be or what things we I'm just enjoying the moment. Wow. And so I think <laughs> for kids, women particularly, you know, how do you find some time to just live in the moment? Yes. And to stop all the worry Planning, and just let control. things go. I mean, and not let them go to the wind, but no. like to God or to... That's right. To just so we can't I'm, carry everything. I'm thinking of the old song, Learning to Lean. Mm-hmm. Learning to Lean. Mm-hmm. And there, you learned how to lean and how to let go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you did. Yep. And then through the years with cold water too, yeah. Yeah. I used to have to do so much of all of the tasks, but... Yeah. Now that we've grown a little bit and we have wonderful people working for we us great and working with us, I wouldn't even say for us. They're right. working with us, yeah. al- alongside of us. Yes. They are doing so many of the things that I yes, just can't do. do anymore, right. you know, right. and I have let go of that and I want to continue to let go and let them take take yes. on new responsibilities and yes. new things. So, wow, yeah, super exciting. So the Lord has given you a scripture that... <clears throat> kind of we'll close with this. This has kind of been your life verse this year. Mm-hmm. You want to share a little bit about it? Yes. So this verse is just at my absolute favorite right now. It's from Isaiah. From Isaiah, Isaiah 63, 9. And it is in the New Living Translation, mm-hmm. just so you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it says, in all their suffering, he also suffered, and he personally rescued them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them through all the years. And I just think of all the the things that we've been through, that I've been through, that you've been through, yeah. that anyone yeah. listening might have been through, and how people suffer because life is hard. sometimes hard. And like a wilderness trip can be hard. Mm-hmm. It can be, you know, you suffer mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. But then like all the times that I feel like God personally rescues us, like, I just love that he's such a personal God mm-hmm. and he redeems us and he lifts us up 
and carries us through all the years. Yes. I mean, I just love the picture of that. Yeah, me too. And it has really encouraged me this year to to kind of meditate on that verse. Oh, wow. Well, will you pray, particularly for families with girls and um, and then any young women that might be interested? I mean, you're even doing a women's trip soon. I mm-hmm. don't know. I think there's mm-hmm. a couple openings on that. Mm-hmm. So women of older age mm-hmm. yep, my age <laughs> and <laughs> older or younger or whatever right it doesn't have to be college yes. students yes but mm-hmm. you know maybe moms even mm-hmm. possibly For sure. young grandmas yes um, exactly yeah so would you pray for god to meet women in the wilderness and potentially maybe here at cold water right yeah okay dear lord we come to you today Um, with thankful hearts for all that you have done for us, that you have rescued us, that you have redeemed us, that you have carried us. Um, We are so thankful for that. I pray that that as we open up some women's trips, that you would send the the women that really need to come and um, have some time in the wilderness to get away and to to rest in you and to learn to let go of things that they need to. And I also pray for all the young girls who are out on our trips right now, that you would meet them there, that you would be be their God who lifts them up and carries them through the wilderness mm-hmm. and that they would recognize that and see that and, and just, um, yeah, I just pray that you would give any woman, any girl, who needs a, a time in the wilderness that you would provide that time for them and um, that you would just meet them there. Mm-hmm. In your name I pray. Mm. Amen. Oh, Jen, I could talk to you forever. Oh, I could talk to you forever, <laughs> Carol. <laughs> thank you, my friend. And yeah. thank you, listeners, for joining me this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. I love to help families homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. When you help me get the word out about what I'm doing here, I appreciate it so much. Until next time, remember, Jesus' commandments are not burdensome. What he calls you to do, he will enable you to do. Blessings. 